The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome back to the Do Joy Podcast, my wonderful ones. I hope your home play this past week served you in enlightening, joy-boosting ways. I want to get right into discussion today with our guest because I'm so happy to have him with us, Dr. Stephen Farmer is an expert on a broad range of therapeutic techniques, offering a unique and powerful synthesis of psychotherapy, somatic therapy, hypnotherapy, shamanic healing, among many other things. He's a world-renowned shaman and author, and also a precious valued friend of mine who's been a super popular Joy School presenter on several occasions now. We're so lucky. Welcome, Stephen. Well, thank you, Lisa. It's uh, my pleasure and, dare I say, my joy <laughs> you, you may. participating with you like this. So thanks for inviting me. Of course. I love that we're talking about Earth magic during this month of gratefulness because it's really all about appreciation, right? This amazing, beautiful Earth that we take for granted, all the energetic gifts it has for us. So let's all just take a moment to give gratitude to Mother Earth in this month of thankfulness. Yeah, feels good. Feels good to shower Mother Earth with our love. I know that's what you are all about. So Stephen, at, at Joy School and here on this podcast, we've been talking about our need to categorize things, to label them as good and bad, wanted, unwanted, so that we can feel like we've got this life thing under control, which of course we never do. We plan, God laughs. So I wanted to invite you to share some ways that we can put aside this need to categorize so that we can hear that voice of our true, wise, inner knowing, our intuition, and particularly how we can discern that voice from all those other voices that can get so loud up in our heads. Well, Lisa, you ask a tough question, but again, I'll answer it. <laughs> Hit you with the hard ones now. right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, let's just jump right into the deep end of the pool. No, I'm, I'm game. Um, that question's come up a lot about how do you discern, you know, between the voice of spirit, whatever that means to you, the ordinarily non-visible beings that are expressions of spirit in some way, 
that for whatever reason, maybe because of our own awakening process, um, that we've uh, developed a relationship with these various spirit beings, spirit guides. And they could be both uh, human looking uh, figures, archangels, ancestors in particular are real strong uh, these days. Certainly spirit animals, um, spirits of nature. You know, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to sound too weird to any of your listeners to know that you can actually receive communications from tree spirit. You know, that, that um, really stretches it a bit, but uh, that's a big part of my work, you know, as you noted, you know, one aspect of my work at least. So back to your question, I think the discernment comes from, first off, it comes from practice. And a good way to practice is that, is to learn how to receive messages from the physical beings that are perhaps, you could say, representative of that particular spirit. Example, um, a crow lands right in front of you and is only four feet away and they, they, you know, they look out of the side because their eyes are like juxtaposed, you know, differently than ours looks at you right in your eyes, you know, from his left eye. What I teach, Lisa, is an instance like that, there is a message that's coming through. You know, that, that bird, that crow was in a, in a way sent here to bring you some sort of a message to deliver that message. Um, and it isn't the crow itself. It's not about um, reading the animal. It's that that animal, the, the, the supposition is that animal, because they're appearing in an unusual way or perhaps repeatedly over a short space of time, whether it's the physical animal or the symbol of the animal, God or spirit or great spirit has, in a sense, delivered that animal to you to say, hey, got a message for you, a courier. The trick is discerning to start with and to learn discernment. This is a good way to do it, especially with spirit animals. People seem to take to that, you know, much more readily than, let's say, a tree spirit. Sometimes even archangels, you know, some people are more interested in the human looking archangels, which is just fine. I find it just because of the way I'm wired that the earth spirits, the ones that have a physical representation here on this planet, are the ones that also can give us message. I'm not saying instead of archangels. You know, I just don't work a lot. I work with Archangel Michael, uh, uh, typically, and I definitely work with ancestors. You know, that's come on stronger lately. But let's go back to the crow, okay? An unusual appearance, or repeatedly. And it may be that not only just crow has landed there, but just the day before, you were in the supermarket, and you overheard as you passed a couple people by, Talking about crows, okay, there's one, there's two. In fact, the physical presence of the the physical being crow. So you're going, wow, I think maybe, you know, this guy, farmer, you know, he was talking about this. Maybe there's something to this. And then um, you take a little uh, journey, you take a little walk, uh, say over to the park or something like that. And you look up at the trees and guess what? There's a whole bunch of crows there. That's enough for me. So here's how you tune in, though. This is how you, you learn, and it's a developmental skill, Lisa, as you well know. And I'm sure that your listeners uh, are at least to some degree familiar with this. And that is that you telepathically, you could say, that's the best word that I could say this, you send the question to not just the crow or the crows, but to crow spirit. 
And that's a big, big spirit we're talking about. A lot of crows, magpies, etc. But crows we're focusing on here. <clears throat> and you simply send, in your mind, you send the question. And what's your message? And then, this is what this is a cool part. You know, you send your message. You got to suspend disbelief. You know, the imagination is so extremely powerful. It's far underrated in uh, uh, processes like this. You know, it is your imagination. That's the bridge. That's what gets you there. So you send that question on the thread of your imagination. And what you then pay attention to, as soon as you ask that question, is you pay attention to whatever happens like that. You know, what immediately follows? What you see, what you hear, what you sense in sensations in your body, uh, what thoughts pop into your head. You pay attention to any or all of these as a response. And I would qualify that say it could be internal, like your mind's, uh, your mind's eye, your inner voice, um, or it could be external. You know, again, the, the important stranger that you've never met before, never will see again, walks by and says something that resonates or has meaning for you. The, the, the couple's walking by and they're talking and saying, are we really going to make that trip to Mexico this year? And you go, whoa, I've just been thinking about going to, you know, Cabo San Lucas or something like that. That's confirmation, you know, and it also, to circle back to what your question is, Lisa, is how do you discern? That's a great way to start, is the appearance in that way that I've described it is that the message is coming from this other being or through this other being into my consciousness. The truth is, is that we are really consciousness in collaboration. I love that word collaboration because it puts a different take on it. It talks, it addresses that it's a relationship. And if you take it one step further, it's a collaboration between you, crow spirit, excuse me, you, that physical crow and spirit expressing through or more accurately as that crow. So it's a pretty big deal. And I, I, I find that people take to it. You know, it's pretty, it's not that difficult. It does take practice. You have to be willing to be open to put your judgments, beliefs, disbeliefs aside. I always say, be a good scientist, you know, experiment with it, try it out. Then go to that beautiful tree that you saw yesterday as you took your walk and go up to that tree and try the same thing, you know, just say, I'd like, a, you know, I'd like to know what your message is for me today and see what comes through. It takes practice. I know that, you know, personally, it's, it, there are times I do a, a journal almost basically every morning. And in the journal, I usually write some stuff about what's going on with me. And then whew, I go into it. I take a couple of nice deep breaths. And I move into a very slight altered state and I ask, okay, teacher, what's your message? And the way I've been doing it the last few years is on the computer. So my fingers just, I, the best way to describe my fingers start writing. You know, I'm sort of there. <laughs> and that's one way to discern too, is I'm there, but maybe only 2%, you know, just in case there's a fire alarm or something. But the rest of me that my usual self is sort of off to the side, not sort of, it's off to the side, or it becomes more of an observer of the, process that I'm involved in while something else is coming through. It might be ancestors. It might be uh, one of my spirit animals that works with me. Uh, it could be Archangel Michael, uh, Gabrielle, whoever it might be. 
there's a, a bounty of available spirit guides. And the last piece I want to say, and I'm going to shut up for a second, at least, <laughs> till the next question, Lisa. I think it's absolutely critical that we do whatever we can to say to stay aligned in alignment and congruent with the will of spirit. It's a crazy time, you know. In case nobody has noticed, or you've been and <laughs> been a hermit for the last five years, or something like that, it's a crazy time. You know, and it's not just the pandemic. It's uh, it's the changes in the earth that are kind of scary. You know, the storms are bigger. The Europe, you know, was really hot this year, and there were hot you know, hot spots all over the globe. And yeah, the earth is changing. You know, the earth is definitely evolving. And uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, we humans get blamed for it a lot. Yeah, it's true. But maybe it's possible even if humans weren't on the earth, it's possible that the, the earth is, would go through an evolution. However, <laughs> what I firmly believe is, yeah, not that we are the cause, you know, that there's no reason to go around and hang out and guilt and shame. And, oh, my God, you are. Um, nor can we blame the ancestors. You know, that's an easy out. Just blame the ancestors. It's their fault. You know, I'm doing my best. I recycle, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I heard on one of my walks in the, uh, usually the twilight hour, I take uh, my dog out for a walk in the park <clears throat> nearby. And I was thinking about the ancestors, you know, and, and gosh, all of the many, many generations, you know, that have led to this state that we're in now. And how easy it is kind of get pissed off at them, you know, jerks, you know, should have woke up, you know, 5,000 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, you know, it's ridiculous. And what I heard, Lisa, from what I, uh, lack of a better term, the voice, capital V, forgive them for they knew not what they did. Wow. Ooh, I get chills when I say that. Uh, to really forgive those who have come before, you know, they, they, in their, whatever, the naivety, their ignorance, ignorance is different than stupidity. Stupidity is if you do it again, after you've already had a lesson or two. You know, oh, I tripped over that for the sixth time. I got to do something about that. Well, that kind of gears over to stupidity. Anyway, I'm saying a lot. And I, 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 again, want to circle back to your question. It's a really good question. So those are some tips on how to discern, but you know, practice, practice, practice. Typically, the ego has an agenda. The, uh, the ego has the agenda is to stay safe, you know, to keep us alive and to stay safe. It's connected to our instinct, our survival instinct, etc. And the choices that we make out of the, the let's say, the dominance of the ego, uh, they can work. You know, I'm not questioning that they might work, but there's a deeper layer that I think that we need to access. And God bless the people who are listening to this, you know, because part of what comes from that is there's a quiet sort of joy or sometimes an exuberant kind of joy from seeing how this works. Like you said, the magic, you know, the magic and the mystical, you know, when something just clicks, synchronicities, you know, going to the supermarket, they're talking about crows, crow visits you, you go to the park the next day, they're in the tree, you know, things like that are just I'm like, how did they do that? <laughs> and I'm giving you some explanations to what I think is how it happens. There are so many threads I want to pull in what you just said. <laughs> I said a lot. I know. 
I'll, I'll, I'll start since we're on this example with the crows. We're um, working a lot with expanding our perception filter, how all of us are you know, experiencing a tiny sliver of reality. And I know for a lot of listeners, this is going to be quite a, a large expansion of their perception filter to you know begin to, to believe that there are these forces. But I like where you said that it's it's I'm not sure if I understood you correctly, that it's not so much that that crow came with a message for you as it triggers something within you that you knew. It's it's an uh, that organic collaboration with nature, with everything around us, and that, that these things that probably have always been there, when we're ready to open up to it, we we it matches something inside us, like a, a triggering to, to give us some kind of insight. Was that... Did I understand that's a fair, that no, that's a good, I, I think that's a really fair assessment. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's sometimes hard to get your mind around that idea of collaboration, but you could say in one sense, there's this large field of consciousness. You could say spirit, but let's flip it a little bit, you know, and say consciousness so that I am an expression of that consciousness in physical form. I also have access to those deeper layers of consciousness that have to do with the mystical and the magical. And that right now, for instance, in this podcast, you you and I are joining, you could say, and collaborating in consciousness. You know, we have different ways that we're doing it here, you know, the physical forms. Yeah, it's called a podcast, a conversation, etc. So there is, I think, always that collaboration, always. You know, whether we're aware of it or not, which is an aspect of consciousness too, whether aware or not, you know, it, it really takes the willingness. And I think how you put it, Lisa, is, um, I'm forgetting how you put that, but being open, just being open to the possibility. Oh, and I always tell people, don't believe me, you know, go out and try it, you know, put it, mm-hmm. take it out on the road, see how it feels, you know, where the rubber meets the road. You know, let's see what happens, you know, just to experiment a little bit with this. And I, when you do, I'll guarantee you, you know, you're going to be like, oh, okay, I get it. I see what's going on here. You know, look at it this way. We talk about the answers. We, you know, we had a, you know, in Western civilization particularly, it's just, you know, we're, we're so friggin' forgetful, you know, where we came from. We're so friggin' forgetful about our deep and intimate web interconnection relationship with all beings, all of life, all my relations. You know, with a a sweat lodge, a Lakota sweat lodge, for instance, you just say the words, metakriyasa, and when you move into the sweat lodge, it's an acknowledgement of that. It just means all my relations. So to grasp that, that we are not just philosophically, but we can experience that relationship with that tree, with that animal in some way, Closest it probably comes is I'm sitting here, one of my puppy dogs of two is laying here at my feet, you know, and it just feels like there's so much love here, mm. you know, without any kind of need to express it or anything like that. You know, we're just hanging out. It's really what all it is. Anyway, I'm babbling on here. I don't mean to, you know, go on. I, I sometimes say, push a button, man. I'll talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You pushed the button, Lisa. Oh. I'm glad I pushed the button. No, that's a great example with your dog. I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. There's there's not a lot of, um, you know, vocabulary that you can use to express that relationship, that feeling, that that uh, 
what did you call it earlier the telepathy that you have yeah. with your with your animal companions and you're just asking people to go a little bit beyond that that this kind yeah. of telepathy this sort of communication happens with all of nature and yeah. more and i feel like you're not really saying you know if you see a crow the crow's message is always this you're saying see what it is for you because that's right. really what it's letting us do it's it's giving us a little nudge to look into our own wise inner knowing that yeah. that they yeah. can be activated by these things in our natural world. I well, always, said. Yeah. well said. There's a it's a principle of shamanism, which has really um, gathered steam over the last uh, few decades of direct revelation, and it, it just it will be revealed to you directly. You know, and here's how you can do it. You know, it's basically what I've been talking about, Lisa. Um, there are instruments, of course. You know, I have a, a few myself publications where you can go and look up Crow and say, what's the possible message? You know, Animal Spirit Guides, that book. Or uh, Pocket Guide to Spirit Animals. And that's useful, but I often, when I'm doing workshops or teaching this stuff, I always say, first though, before you do that, before you run to the book, or a book, not just mine, there's others out there, a book, or go to the internet and Google it, um, Try this out, you know, try direct revelation. Ask your question and just see what happens to you, what your experience is, what you see, hear, feel. And uh, you'd be pretty amazed. And um, it's so simple that it's easy to overlook. But again, these are things that are long ago ancestors knew. You know, it wasn't a, a belief system. It was more of a deeper knowing you know, that we are related, that we can communicate, that we look up and see the weather patterns. Um, what did I see just, oh, I can't retrieve it right away. There was something I saw the other day. Oh, it was on, uh, we watched uh, Forensic Files, you know, Detective Stories, you know, it's it's kind of fun and sometimes not the best thing to watch before bedtime. But, <laughs> uh, there was a story of a Native American um, condition that was going on. Everybody was getting sick all the time. And the medicine man said, well, here's the deal is that uh, the uh, pine nuts grow abundantly, you know, during the spring, and what happens, that attracts the mice, and the mice brings the disease. But in the meantime, all these scientists are trying to figure out, well, what's going on here, you know, and here's this medicine man who said, here's what's going on. And it was the simplest explanation, but it was done because of this man's awareness and knowledge about the natural world. Uh, it's a beautiful piece. It's like, yeah, love it. Yeah. And I know you uh, always talk about the importance of the natural world. And I've definitely, through my years of friendship with you, found that um, I hear your voice in my head. Sometimes someone asked me in an interview just recently, what is the one daily practice that I could never do without? And I'm a meditator, a journaler, a yoga girl, all that, but none of that is set in stone in my daily practice. That's when I can, that's just here and there but we call it nature bathing where we go outside. And luckily, luckily for me, all I have to do is walk out the back door. We've got the lake, we've got all these beautiful birds. At any given moment, there's a combination of herons, anhingas, ibises, egrets, ducks, David feeds them. So I think that's one reason that they keep coming, but um, I, I can't go a day without a little bit of that. That's just like where I center myself, my quiet, and I wanted to let you know as well, my my oldest daughter, Talia, was always just so tuned in to, to 
your teachings, to Stephen's teachings, and to this day she has an elaborate altar in her room because over a decade ago when you were at our house, you taught her how to create and use an altar, and it has been so significant for her. As you know, she's been on quite a journey. She's transgender, so connecting with the natural world has been so valuable for her with all the acceptance and nurturing as compared to our society at large. And, um, you know, she's she's pretty energetically gifted, too, which I know you had uh, pointed out and helped foster in her. So I wanted to thank you for that. Oh, very welcome. You know, give my best to Tanya, too. I, 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 that is what makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. You know, when I hear feedback like that, that there's at least I've been a conduit or an influence in some way in that direction. I mean, that's why I'm here. That's my purpose, you know, and it, it has shown up in different aspects of the mission or the or that purpose is gone through different uh, iterations, if you will, of the mission, but it's like one is built on the other. I I like what you said, Lisa, about the nature bath, and I, I do want to circle back, as I've used that term three times here, but to the beginning when you talked about gratitude, too, and related to gratitude that I think is extremely helpful to get through these challenging times is presence. You know, read Eckhart Tolle, you know, he's got yeah. some great things to say about presence, you know, and the practice of and some tips about how we can continue to be, to show up, you know, for whatever life presents. Another book that I came across, it has some really provocative ideas. It's called The Deepest Acceptance by Jeff Foster. And again, I, I read that with a, a little bit of a wary eyes. How can you accept everything? But I think he makes a good case for at least attempting to accept what comes our way. It doesn't mean we don't react or respond, but ultimately can we get to the place of accepting this is what life is presenting. You know, like uh, what, how to make God laugh. Yeah. You know, tell, tell me your plans. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, know, you set out the day and here's your story. You know, the story of what's going to happen today. This is my story, and this is what I'm sticking to it, you know, and then boom, you know, along comes, you know, some unexpected uh, event, you know, that throws you off completely. You know, that's, we got to learn to roll with those things, and as humanly possible, even maybe meta-humanly possible, continue to show up, bounce back, get back on the horse is a phrase I sometimes use. Get back on the horse as quickly as you can. It's like... Uh, if I may just say one more thing, yes, you know, please. or 14 more things, <laughs> but one more thing. You know, I, what I've been kind of interested in, uh, not kind of, what I've been interested in lately is whining. I'm sorry, whining? Whining. Whining, okay. Yeah. And, you know, catching myself, you know, when I'm complaining, whining, or pouting, that's the other side of it, the quieter kind of whining, uh-huh. in, inside my head or if I'm doing it bo- uh, verbally. My interest is not to try not to, you know, to pretend. I will guarantee you, and if there's a listener here that says they don't sometimes complain, please come call me, teach me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be a good listener. But here's, here's a catch that I put on it is, I don't want to live there. I don't want to dwell there. I'm willing to go there. In fact, it's sometimes it's reactive. It's not even like, oh, I, I'm going to whine now. <laughs> oh, I just catch myself whining. Sometimes that's how conversations start, Lisa. Think about it. Well, this weather, isn't it terrible? Yeah, man, it was really hot yesterday. You know, and then being, we are bitching and moaning to each other, you know, about whatever. It's, eh, okay, that's a way to connect, understand. 
But again, back to my interest is be as aware as possible about it and then make your choice from there. And it comes from uh, Albert Ellis, an old line psychologist. He's probably long gone. This was years ago. I heard him talk and he's got this really thick East Coast New York uh, dialect. And he said that he, the way he said it was this way. He said, all neuroses are merely adult forms of whining and pouting. <laughs> Now, I don't agree with that totally, but, you know, I get the point along the lines of what I've been saying. So I would say to your listeners, whine away, but just catch yourself when you do it. You know, don't admonish, don't you know, go into shame or guilt or whatever. Just go, oh, yeah, Dr. Farmer was talking about this. Okay, let me go out and do a nature bath. Mm-hmm. Let me go out and soak up the sun. Let me go out and be grateful for this, for Grandmother Moon, you know, who's just emerging, you know, during the, the new moon or the full moon. Wow great time to let go anyway that uh, again i'm meandering a little bit but i think it's an important point is you know we humans do that we just do that it's yeah it's it's absolutely absolutely in keeping with what we've been doing we've been that's one of our home plays from the podcast is only about six episodes in but some of our earlier home play was about noticing our feelings asking ourselves what our feelings noticing how often we judge our feelings and letting go of that judgment being completely welcoming so that none of them get denied or repressed or stuck but they can just flow freely through us and um and and like you're saying not not staying there being able to notice where the the thought that that we've given to the event that happened is what's causing us to have this bad feeling and we can we can work with those thoughts we can approach it from a different angle open that perception filter to see different different sides of it so that it's authentic we don't want anybody to just put on a happy face and be you know find the the glass half full as opposed to no we don't want to fake our positive thinking we want to make it by finding the equally true other perspective yeah yeah well stated well stated now i'm glad to hear that you're bringing that up too or that you brought that up in one of the one of the uh, sessions the podcast sessions you know, it's, it's an amazing planet. You know, there are moments, and I'm sure, Lisa, you've experienced this uh, because of, uh, you're just like that. This is, guys, all you listeners, I want you to know, she really is like this. <laughs> <laughs> I keep, I keep, you know, I've known Lisa, I've known you for a long time, you know, and I remember when I first met you and got to know you a little bit, I'm like, she can't be this happy all the time, you know. <laughs> and I, I know you're not, but I mean, just mo- a large majority of the time, you just bring a lot of joy to the world and to other people. And I think that's a big part of your purpose, you know. So thank you for that. Thank you. Know, you know, we need that. You know, we need that. And I think those of us who, once you recognize your purpose, you know, it's like um, we need everybody on the front line these days. We just need, you know. And if you're not sure your purpose, you know, ask your guides, you know, start getting some information, look for signs, you know, just hold that question in your mind and, you know, information will come to you sometimes cryptically and sometimes just right straight right in your face. But um, I think that's important as much as you can is to honor that life purpose and, and then enact it, you know, bring it into the world in service to others. And you want to get paid for it too, but keep that in mind in service. You know, and I know you're doing the work you do, Lisa, you know, to be in service, you know, you get paid for it too, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's a principle of reciprocity that we, it's been in my consciousness lately. There's always an exchange. 
There's yeah. always an exchange. Take some sage or tobacco out to the garden, thank the plant people, you know, and the blessing of whoever, you know, for um, nurturing these plants. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes. I thank the listeners every week for being part of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. It's, it's a all hands on deck effort. As you said, this is the time we need everybody who's got the slightest interest in joy and love to step up and get it, get it going, get it cranked up in themselves so they can ooze it out to everyone around them. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And expressing that love and that compassion to all beings, you know, not just other humans, but you know, again, the animal people, the plant people. And that reference people is um, in some of the original native languages, indigenous languages, that's often referenced that way. The cloud people, you know, the tree people, the animal people, etc. because it naturally implies that relationship. Right. All, all that language of, of symbolism is the language of nature, the language of the soul, right? It's all symbols of the soul that'd yeah. be a good book title the language of the soul i yeah. like that one there you, there go. you go is that your next book <laughs> you can take my, it <laughs> that one can be yours if you want <laughs> so speaking of collaboration and being on this beautiful team that we're on one thing i haven't really talked about on this podcast yet because it hasn't quite been time but i want to mention it today since we're together is that our good friend jacob nordby our mutual good friend will soon be launching his Institute for Creative Living, which is this amazing, cool platform he's been working on for a long time now. It'll be just a very uh, well thought out, elaborate online wisdom school where Stephen and I will both be teaching, both be on the, the faculty there. So consider this just an early tease for what's to come and you'll get a lot more information about that as we close out the year. It should be live and ready for enrollment early 2022, I believe. So Stephen, tell us about what's coming up. I know you have Gathering of the Shamans and a new book that's coming out. Right. Um, it's a, the Gathering of the Shamans is an annual event put on by Hierophant Publishing and um, uh, Hierophant Publishing and Insight, Insight Events. Mm -hmm. uh, Randy Davila is the uh, publisher and also coordinates uh, inside events to create these events and so it's been a wonderful experience every year either online or live in Sedona and this time it's uh, online and uh, uh, the Ruiz brothers Jose yeah. and Don Miguel Jr. I don't know if Don Miguel is going to be participating I think he's going to be there but there's that whole crew there they're going to yeah. be uh, active uh, Heather one of my other favorite people Heather yeah. Ashamara is going to be there and uh, Sandra Ingerman, who's really one of the uh, people that earlier on was teaching shamanism and myself, you know, uh, I'm going to be there. And Jacob. Uh, presentation. Pardon? And Jacob will be there. Jacob Jacob's going to yeah. be there and a few others, you know, you yeah. just look up uh, the gathering, gathering of shaman, of the shaman. that information. Yeah. It's, it's always been a blast and uh, really fun to do. And that'll so be in December, funny. correct? Early yeah, December? The first, I think it's the first weekend of December. It's going to show up before it starts getting crowded in the holidays. Uh, the uh, the other thing you asked me about was the uh, what's been going. I've been a busy man. I'll tell you. I I look at this last couple of weeks as like things are lightening up. You know, because I was juggling two different projects, two different writing projects. Um, there's one that is complete that was actually supposed to come out in the end of uh, this month. 
but because again the supply line delays that we all hear about uh, having it it's printed in China so it's going to take a little longer to get here probably the first of the year <clears throat> and then there's a book um, that uh, is coming out that I, I really really great idea which is basically speaking of collaboration that people have submitted stories that are in this book and um, it's called animals personal tales of encounters with spirit animals and I had the blessing of being able to you know write a couple of the pieces the front and the back end of that and um, do a little bit of teaching about the whole spirit animal domain and that's coming out supposedly again theoretically uh, in January we'll see but so far that's the schedule date I think it's printed in the US so it may be and then a project that's been on that on, is on its way um, is messages from the ancestors oracle cards and that is due out in January that's the one that was delayed and the one I just finished as I shared with you before we began uh, doing proofreading you know the final final editing and etc is uh, due in May of 2022 it's called messages from the spirits of nature oracle cards so I'm pretty excited you know I got boom 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 you know three different uh, publications coming out and I just pray and uh, prayers of thanks and uh, supplication at the same time that it that these all provide a service, you know, oh. that they they really do inspire, you know, people to pay attention to the ancestors, to pay attention to the animals, and certainly uh, pay attention to the other spirits of nature in addition to the animals. So I'm, uh, at least I'm pretty excited. Thanks for asking about that too. So I don't think you need to worry here. about the whether or not they're going to inspire, given your track record. These are the, the right now projects Stephen just told you all about. He's been very prolific for many years and you can find all of that at drstephenfarmer.com because uh, this is this is not his first rodeo on on these books <laughs> there's been a lot of <laughs> lot of inspiration happening i it, it's well, it's sweet you, yeah. sweet to see how humbly you're you're praying that these will go out and inspire the world when you know that that's what all of your work has done for so many years now thank you lisa yeah no it's it's a blessing to be doing this work i i'm every day i'm great speaking of gratitude just i express it out loud i'm taking a walk i just am grateful you know, somehow I ended up here, you know, and I could give you all the stories that go with that, but I ended up here. And yeah, it really is a blessing that um, this has influenced, you know, quite a few people, you know, in, and, in that direction. And I think part of you ending up here is just the best example that you can give for the the perks and benefits of tuning into the the messages around you tuning into your inner wisdom, however that looks for you, you find a lot of inner wisdom access through nature through earth spirits through that sort of you know maybe maybe some of the listeners will find it through something else but the importance of finding your thing that helps you tune into that inner wisdom that we all have that soul self that knowing yeah you know and there's many royal roads to sure. uh, spirit, you know not just one way if you get to think there's just one way then that's something called fundamentalism and as a very wise man told me years ago, and it always stayed with me, fundamental, fundamentalism in any form is dangerous. Yeah. And, and I don't mean just religion. I mean religion, politics, you know, personal belief systems, etc. You know, it's across the board. And I went, yeah, we get, you know, we get attached to, you know, certain beliefs and ways of being. And 
And it's a thief of joy. That's one of the things we've been working on, expanding that perception filter because the less we need to know how is it here, the less we want to put things in those categories, those neat little boxes, the more expanded uh, joy access we find. Yeah. So. yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm thrilled. Uh, thank you, Lisa. Thanks for inviting me. And I'm going to uh, approach you to return the favor you know, once I get it together and get this, uh, my own podcast going. Right. You I know. know that's still a work in progress, but it'll be on this network, on, on this network where exactly. you can find uh, your I, due joy. I've had uh, conversations, to, you know, email conversations with the producers. So looking forward to it. I just, uh, where I'm at is figuring out a title and a, and a byline. Uh, and I'm close. I'm really close. I have a feeling one of your nature friends will whisper that to you in the next week or so. <laughs> I thought so last night in a dream. I thought I had it, but then I forgot it when I woke up. So we'll see. <laughs> There's always tonight. We'll see how that works out. Thank you. Lisa. Thank you, Stephen. We'll we'll connect soon. Love you. Okay, love you too. All right. God bless. Stephen talked about suspending disbelief, which might be important for you as you listen to his suggestions. He's a shaman, okay? So the path he's found for connecting with his innate inner wisdom is gonna have language like animal spirit guides, archangels, tree spirit. I don't want anyone to feel alienated by that language if it's simply not where your keyholes lined up. I want you to recognize that all of those terms and examples that Stephen shared, they're just tools that have worked for him and they work for his millions of followers and followers of shamanic wisdom. You might want to try these tools out, or it might turn out that other tools feel more right and exciting for you. Like we've discussed many times, none of us are experiencing the same reality, not even close. Reality is nothing more than our perception of it, and each of us is experiencing the world through a filter of beliefs that we've acquired and strengthened throughout our unique journey. That means... It might be a stretch for you to believe that a crow giving you side-eye at the park has any meaning whatsoever. But I want you to just remember the 400 billion bits of information available to you in any given moment. Something inside you directed your attention to that crow. Something inside you made you alert, maybe to a repetition of a particular symbol, as Stephen suggested. And that something is an opening. It's an invitation to go inward, to pose that question, what is the message here? The work that we've been doing together through this podcast has issued an invitation to your subconscious. You've let your inner being, your energy self, your soul, you've let that part of you know that you want to deepen your connection to it. So even if you don't think you believe in signs from the natural world around you, see if you can wrap your head around the idea that you noticing these things now means something. Symbolism is the language of the soul. And learning that language for communicating with your inner wisdom is tremendously rewarding. It's a gateway to joy. So your joy bomb home play this week, I'm sure you can guess, it's to set an intention 
to receive intuitive guidance from the natural world around you. The effectiveness of intention setting cannot be overstated here. When you declare it, when you say, I am open to receiving intuitive guidance from the natural world, you're deliberately expanding the keyhole. See how it goes for you. I'd love to know. As always, you can message me through my website, lisamccourt.com, or at my Facebook page, Lisa McCourt Author. And it makes me happy when you do, so don't hesitate to reach out. Have a magical week, my darlings. I love you, and I'll see you soon. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full-on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.